There we go. Come on. Why is it not playing? I got this wonderful intro. There we go. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Faster Masters Rowing Radio. Grab a seat at the table as Masters Rowing coaches Marlene Royal and Rebecca Caro share their biggest secrets on how to unleash your hidden potential and plot a new course for real results on the water and off. Now, on to the show. Well, hello everybody and welcome to another edition of Faster Masters Rowing Radio. We have got a great show for you today because today we're moving into talking about ergs, strategies for long erg rows, because we know that a lot of people are going to be moving off the water and onto their ergs. A few people have taken a look at what the date is for the big Crash Bees event next year, and we've just published our December program, which has a special program just for people who are training for a 2K erg test. I'm Rebecca Caro, and I'm joined by Marlene Royal. Hello, Rebecca, and hello to our Faster Masters audience. So heading back into the erg, getting off the water, whether you're in the frozen north or the sunny south, this is something that happens within the cycle of our normal rowing year. And we've given the caution many times, start gradually. Don't dive straight in with the exact same workout that you would have done on the water as you would on the erg, because your body will not thank you for it. Having got past that, we know that an awful lot of base endurance training is coming up, and that means long rows. So Marlene, talk us through, what. how do you personally approach an erg training session that's going to be um, you know, a category for you kind of, you know, low intensity? Um, well, your, your lower intensity sessions, sometimes, <laughs> I think sometimes it's harder to get rowers to do the long, lower intensity sessions than it is to, to kind of rev them up to do their, inter, you know, faster intervals. Um, because, because lower intensity work, A, it, it takes a bit more time than perhaps a higher intensity workout is. So if, you know, you've got time constraints, those can be difficult. So you might need to plan them um, on days where your schedule is a, a little bit less intense or you have a little bit more time. Um, but, you know, there are, there are real physiological benefits to the long, low rowing. And I, I know that this gets, in, you know, I'm going to preface this by saying like, if there's one major training mistake that, that, is quite common, especially in a master's population that does not have a, a you know ton of free time. Um, it's that they do their low intensity rowing too hard, and um, they think, oh, I only have this amount of time. I'm going to you know get as much in as I can. But your lower intensity sessions, which are honestly conversational level, you could sing, play a really important role in our bait in our base endurance and, and approaching the erg which is what we're talking about today and um that converse conversational level work is what trains your heart because your heart does isn't beating as fast as it is when when you're doing 
really intense intervals. So it, it improves your stroke volume so that your heart pumps more blood per beat, which is a good thing. And your heart rate is stronger. This is one of the things that gives um, a lower morning heart rate as a conditioning effect. So if you're seeing that your morning heart rate is getting lower, that's a response to some of this type of training. It also builds your capillary density. What is that? More blood vessels per muscle cell. So um, my classic example is if you take a sponge and you're growing alfalfa sprouts in your sponge, and that's a piece of muscle, the more alfalfa sprouts you grow, the more oxygen you have going into your muscle, the more waste products are taken out of your muscle during training, and the more efficient and you get, and that's how you build your, your endurance. You become more fatigue resistant uh, because of that. So at first, I, th I think staying interested in the piece is often a challenge, wouldn't you agree? <laughs> Very much so. I mean, particularly when the piece is often 20 minutes at rate 18 to 22, one minute break, and another 20 minutes at the same rate. Yeah. So, so one couple strategies. I, I think we we both well, have. Let, let's let's go roll roll back a tiny bit okay. first. What is our goal in these long sessions? The overriding goal is training consistency. So, for this month. There is at least one session that is identical that you're going to be doing every single week. OK, so the purpose of that is one, you need to get familiar with that workout. You need to be comfortable doing it. You need to know what it feels like and you need to get a score. OK, secondly, you need then to approach the second time you do it with the same attitude, the same preparation and ideally you get an improved score, okay? So that consistency of delivery is your goal. Doing one session at a higher intensity as Marlene Ted isn't gonna help. If you have to cut it short, don't worry. Keep the consistency, keep the intensity the same. Maybe you just do it one 20 minutes, that's fine. You mm -hmm. did it and you at least have something that you can compare, but if you suddenly end up doing a 35 minute piece when you should be doing two 40 minute pieces, you're going to find that it's hard then to um, get a base level of data. It's not impossible. Of course, it's not impossible. You take your averages and, and you can use those. Um, but don't be tempted to work harder just because you're doing 35 minutes, not 40. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point, because as you know, if if one is following the faster masters program we actually give you the formula how you can set your your um paces for um the category of workout that that you're doing and you have to resist that temptation to say oh well i'm i'm not able to do the full hour today i'm only going to do 35 minutes so i'm going to do it faster if you do it faster you're you're getting a different training effect than what we intend for the session so if it is a lower intensity session, a conversational pace, keep it that way. Don't worry about the fact that you have to cut it short. Just get the training, the proper training effect from doing it at the right level. And the low intensity work is what helps train our recovery ability. Mm -hmm. And 
again, by increasing that capillary density, increasing that stroke volume per beat, you become more fatigue resistant. And this, this becomes very important if you're going to your master's nationals and you're going to race eight or 10 races over the course of a weekend. Your recovery ability becomes extremely important at a regatta like that, even though that may be six or eight months away. The recovery time between races is what's going to define who wins their final on Sunday afternoon versus, you know, mm. rowing a, a heat on Friday morning. Yeah. So you could have a yes. lot of races, and that, that's really key. Yeah. So I've got here two of the three training programs that we've got. One is called a 1K program, and this is for anyone who's going to be racing 1K in 2023. And that's exactly the scenario that Marlene's talking about. The other one is for people who are doing a head race, a long distance race in March, a 2K to 5K event. Um, it also has the same exact same workout in it that we're talking about. Um, but just to be clear that, you know, even if you think, oh, I'm not doing anything till next year, this is the time where you're actually going to be, we used to call it putting money in the bank. Exactly. Exactly. And then, and this is the harder time to stay on track. You know, I often look at like, well, the people who are staying on track in late November, December, early January, that base training becomes very important as you move into higher intensity, when you get into those training phases for, for the 1K race. Um, but, you know, our low intensity work is when we do our technique work. That's when you, you slow things down, you have a chance to pay attention to your movements, you have a chance to make corrections. You can't make all those corrections at 30 strokes a minute. So you need to make those corrections at 18, 20, and then build up your stroke rates, maintaining that corrected motion. So it, it is important. Um, and in our next phase, we'll talk about some other aspects of keeping it interesting. Our sponsor for the podcast this week is the Rowing Tales book 2022, which I'm now holding up for those people who are on video. It is now published in, I want to say Glorious Technicolor. It has a beautiful Technicolor cover done by a beautiful rowing artist um, who is called Laura Riki. So thank you, Laura, for your amazing artwork. Um, in it, as ever, I have collated a large number of anecdotes about rowing. My thesis for this whole series of books, the first one was done in 2017. That's just called Rowing Tales because I didn't know if I was going to do another one. Um, and I've done one every year since. But the thesis is this. You're at a regatta, you're at the rowing club, you're standing on the bank of a river or a lake and you're next to someone else. And they turn to you and you start chatting. And at some point, someone will tell you a story. It'll be a triumph. It'll be a disaster. It'll be something funny. It'll be a reflection of something, reminds you of something else. And Rowing Tales is that book. It's the book where I have collected other people's stories. Some of them are from history. Some of them are from very, very recent events. And they're by real people just like you and me. Most of them are quite short. Some of them will just be there when you're perhaps, you know, put it in the bathroom before you have something to read, when you have a little quiet moment alone. 
and uh, I think you will enjoy some of them. Later on in next week's podcast, I'll read one to you. But um, go on Amazon. You can buy them now and they will be with you in time for any Christmas presents that you might want to give. Now, back to our topic. So this week we're talking about strategies for long herb rows. We've talked about the reason why you're doing them. Now let's talk about real things that you can actually do when you are sitting there on the machine. So Marlene's given us the very first. The very first is improve your technique. Now, you probably know what you want to improve, but if you don't, get someone to take a video of five strokes of you rowing and watch it. Compare it with good rowing. If you need videos of that, US Rowing has a really good YouTube video, which is called Good Rowing 2, I think, um, and it includes sculling and sweep, so you can see body sequencing, so compare yourself with something that's good. And then choose something to either think about or a drill to do or an exaggeration. And my suggestion is you do that for a minute in every five. So say you want to concentrate on getting your hands away before your body rocks over. When it comes round to the, the five minute to a round number, spend a minute, so that's 20 strokes, just thinking about that one thing. Don't worry about your split. Don't worry too much about your stroke rate. Just think about that one thing. And then for the following minute, stop thinking about it. Just row. And at the end of that minute, come back and re-examine your technique and see if you've managed to hold on to that change that you were seeking. If not, make a small technical adjustment. And there's two minutes of your five gone with a focus that is really relevant to you and your particular technique needs. What's your next best strategy, Marlene? Um, well, I always, you know, I, I listen to a, a lot of podcasts and my monthly science of rowing is one of my like regular things. But honestly, like in the summer when I'm not training on the erg, I don't tend to listen to as many things. These are really my kind of, when I, once I go indoors, um, if I get if I get on the erg, um, I, I think of that as, you know, OK, that's some time if I'm doing a low intensity session, you know, I like to listen to something that I need to catch up on. So I think it's a great time to combine listening to an audio book or listening to um, some regular podcast you might want to catch up on. Some people like to watch movies, watch a movie. You know, um, I, I think all of those things help past the time in this sense. I think when another thing to sort of identify when you're doing a low intensity erg um, or just, I mean, it could be on the water too, but the principles are the same. If you stop, you know, you can take a rest of up to three minutes before it's going to change the nature of that workout. So it takes three minutes for your, your, capillaries to start closing down. So, you know, as you're exercising, you've got lots of lots of blood flow coming to your muscles and circulation. And if you stop, you know, that isn't really going to change until about after three minutes. So in that three minutes, say you row 10 minutes or 15 minutes, you could actually get off the erg and do a core exercise, set up a core exercise and then get back on the erg. And you know, that's still going to count 
as your long row because physiologically you're not doing anything to really deter the benefit of what you're getting. So that's another way to just a stand up, take a stretch break, um, do one set of an exercise and then get back on the erg and then continue your next set. So you could do that every 10 minutes, 12 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever you like. But that is one way to psychologically break it up into smaller, smaller components. And you're still getting the exact same physiological benefit. And, you know, moving around a little bit, especially if you like, if your back tends to get a little bit tired, it's just the fact of just standing up and stretching and then getting, sitting back down and starting to row again is really beneficial. Yeah. So one of the tactics that I like to do is chasing averages. Mm. So I know I'm doing a long row. Uh, when you start off rowing, um, I generally find for myself, even if I've done a warm up, that actually, you know, my first five minutes or something is not at the sort of pace that I would hope. So say I'm aiming for a, a 215 average, um, but I'll find that first five minutes is closer to 220 splits. Um, and I always make sure that the average so far is um, displayed and that the timer is counting down. That for me is important. Mm -hmm. And so once I've, you know, I don't, personally, I choose not to force it and get really exhausted trying to hit my average, like, straight out of the gate it it doesn't work for me but i'm not going to tell you how to do it you choose what works for you but once i've got to what i feel is my mid workout average split then what i do is i look at that average display and say it's got to 218.1 or something i count strokes as it reduces and I see how many strokes it takes me to go from 218.1 to 218 and then to 217.9 and 0.8 and down. And so it gives me something to do. That's my, it helps me see how close I can get myself to what I consider to be my average, which I've already established through previous workouts. Then the other thing that I do is um, I find when I'm getting tired, it becomes increasingly hard to hit that average. And so it's a motivator if it slips off. You mm -hmm. know, I know that I've probably got about 10 strokes. And if I've, if I've gone slower than the average that I'm heading for, it reminds me to refocus back onto my leg drive, onto my power. Yes, I like stroke pyramids too. I think I think counting is a wonderful thing, you know, like counting up to 10 and then 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, you know, mm -hmm. um, and and I do that a lot in strength training. You know, I'll tend to count down, back down to one <laughs> instead of counting the numbers up. I'll count mm -hmm. the numbers down. But um but, you know, I think and, you know, you know, quite honestly, caring about what you do and what your attention is, your intention is, is really important. I mean, if you go into it with the mindset that this is so boring, you know, well, yeah. then you're probably not going to enjoy that that row. Um, but I think if you give yourself some things to focus on. You, you count your strokes, like Rebecca said, you have an average that you're looking 
to hit. Now, this does not have to be racing. It's just maintaining. It's just maintaining a performance level for yeah. the type of workout that you're doing. And you're sort of, it gives you, the, the average gives you a way to be accountable to yourself. Yeah. And, and your you know, goal is consistency. So, yeah. you know, that consistency is both power and technique and your mental approach. Yes, yes. And there's something like just holding a steady stroke rate, which can, for some people, depending on your experience, can be really difficult to just say, sit on 17 and just stay on 17 or stay on 18 or stay on 20, you know? So if, if you have a, a stroke rate that you're focusing on and your rating is jumping all over the place, that in mm -hmm. itself is, is one skill that you can develop really well on the indoor rower that you can take then to the boat. Because again, you need that, uh, that's that stroke timing, that stroke consistency. So getting that feedback is, is, quite important i think for developing your skills to be able to change ratings and hold a steady rate and hold a steady rhythm and concentration is a big element of racing and you need concentration when you do your longer sessions so building up that concentration if is going to matter when you're on the race course so you know there there are things that that are really beneficial and I mean, I personally always liked long rows. I never really found them boring because I always thought that there was something to pay attention to and work on, right? So oh, that's really nice. So as we come to the conclusion, I hope you enjoy it. Go approach them with as fresh a mindset as you can. And I've got one final little notice. I found online today that there are two Masters Games events coming up. One is in Korea in May, but sadly, rowing isn't part of the program. And that is the Asia Pacific Masters Games. And the Europe Masters Games is from the 29th of June, 2023 until the 2nd of July. And rowing offers a full suite of um, age categories, single, double, coxes, pairs, quad, coxes, four, eight, and coastal, uh, single, men's and women's singles, and for some reason, women's coastal doubles, but not men's coastal doubles. I think that's probably an oversight um, across two age groups, 27 plus and 55 plus and mixed 50 plus. They've got um, boat rental and it's in Tampere in Finland. So mm. if you fancy a trip um, in, in June, end of June, early July uh, 2023, that's where to go. Yeah, that could be quite interesting. That's Euro Masters games, right? Yeah, that's right. Welcome to this week's episode of Faster. Now I've played the wrong one again. There we go. <laughs> this is going to be awesome when I get it right. You're part of the Rowing Chat Podcast Network. Please tell your rowing friends about the show. And if you've learned just one helpful thing from today's episode, Please consider supporting the show for as little as $1 per month by visiting FasterMastersRowing.com forward slash podcast. 